Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, Buckworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, everyone? It's MJ. Happy Wednesday. We haven't been here in a while. I know. I hope everybody's having a great time. I hope everybody had a great, you know, Thanksgiving. If you don't celebrate, I celebrate Thanksgiving because I'm thankful for my family. Um, not I because I say I'm thankful for my food. I'm thankful for the family and the food, but uh, you know, not for anything else. <laughs> um, other than that, um I'm thankful for your readers. Well, I mean, I'm thankful for all that shit. I celebrate Thanksgiving to be thankful, not for, like, the original reason. <laughs> I'm not all about the slaughtering of Native Americans. Oh, my <laughs> God. We're not going down that road. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just I'm just saying. I was just letting everybody know where I stand. Anyways, um, so we're super excited to be here. We haven't been here in a minute. Stevie, do you have any book world stuff you want to share with anybody? Um. Not really. I don't think anybody is releasing. None of my clients are releasing, so I have no dates this month. <laughs> Literally, story of my life. Um, actually, Alexis Winter is releasing the cover for Only for Forever mm-hmm. on Monday, and the book releases the following Monday on December thirteenth. So make sure you get that. It's the fourth book in the Rocky Men in Rocky Mountain series. Um, it's a small town, enemies to lovers, surprise baby. That is exciting. It's kind of a second chance too. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything in that book. I'm reading it right now. It's so good. And she's got an alpha series coming out in January, which is phenomenal. And I cannot wait for other people to read this book. But other than that, I don't think anything really happened to me or any books are really <laughs> I don't either um I think I, December is just going to be a really slow month for book releases I am just I'm working I'm writing working hard on Rook and Sage who are gonna fucking annihilate me but I'm super excited about them um but I don't really have anything other than that and I think if Stevie's ready to go then I think that we're gonna head on over and uh I'm going to read the bio of the lovely lady that we are interviewing today. Um, Is that cool with you? Yep. Okay, pause. Give me a second. I got to go to her interview. All right. Is it Rihanna? Rihanna? Yeah. Rihanna Campbell lives in upstate New York with her husband, daughter, and four furry friends. When she's not writing, she's drawing, painting, crocodile crocheting crocheting, (laughs) or reading a fan of sci-fi and fantasy rihanna rihanna is a fan of things nerdy everything from star trek star wars to dungeons and dragons (gasps) world of warcraft her uh, favorite authors include jane austen sarah j mass mary marie hart grace burroughs julianne quinn douglas adams and agatha christie rihanna's favorite procrastination techniques in techniques include tiktok and video games so without further ado let's go chat with miss campbell okay thank you so much for joining us on the bookshelf boyfriends podcast rihanna campbell welcome welcome thank you i'm so excited to be here we are super stoked to have you um i like to like break the ice by being like how's the weather where you're at uh terrible (laughs) it's cold and it's dark and I hate it oh my god where are you at I want to be there I like the (laughs) central New York it's not a whole lot of fun here right now and it won't be until like May again (laughs) I love the snow I love the cold though I feel like New York is a little too busy for me uh not enough time for like do you like live in like in like central New York is that like New York City no no we're way we're probably about five or six hours away from the city where i live so it's not boondocks exactly but it's not a huge city either so 
I like the cold and the dark though. I like that. Listen, then come on up, come visit. Everybody's <laughs> always like, everybody's like, oh my God, it's so this, it getting dark at 5 p.m. is screwing up my life. I'm like, shut up. I love this. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, I love, I don't like the sun. The sun doesn't mm-hmm. like me. Yeah, I can't say I'm a huge fan of 90 degree weather either, but somewhere in the middle is is better for me than freezing cold. <laughs> in the dark and in the cold that's when I'm I'm just glad to not be the only north person here because I'm always the only northerner like (laughs) not even that far north yeah but she's she's a heck of a lot closer to me than you are (laughs) okay I'm in Maryland so I mean here it's cold too I love Maryland Maryland's great it's a little bit far a little bit farther south but a little bit nicer is bipolar with the weather <laughs> tomorrow it's supposed to be like 80 degrees and then the next day it'll be like 25 and snowing mm-hmm. ridiculous anyway so we're gonna hop right in with questions about your books so we're gonna dive into your and i'm gonna yeah you just told me mclaughlin mclaughlin security you got group it. series so for our listeners who haven't read this or you for any of that matter, can you tell us a little bit about the series and what your inspiration behind it was? So the McLaughlin Security Group series um, is named that because the very first book is Connor's story, Connor McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. He owns the company. He is ex-military, ex-army uh, ranger. And he started the company with the view of hiring ex-military personnel um, to provide security details and security systems and things like that. Um, So the series is him and his guys and their each individual unique love story and uh, all the kind of issues and (laughs) problems that come (laughs) up along the way for each of them. Um, My inspiration was um, pretty personal. I mean, a lot of people I think have, a lot of people want to fall in love and have that relationship and that storybook romance. But I think almost everybody comes with some kind of baggage or issue, uh, you know, from, from their past or their childhood or whatever. So my inspiration was basically just to try and write stories that starred very flawed, very damaged people and show that it was still possible for them to fall in love and have that kind of romantic relationship and uh um and make it work basically (laughs) i love those kind of stories those are the best i do too i'm always drawn to those as a reader too um marie hart uh in particular was a big inspiration for me because she has a lot of ex-military characters in her stories and a lot of people who are uh, you know, have issues that they're working through at the same time individually as well as with their partners in the stories. So that's I'm here that's for that. One of my favorite types. <laughs> I love a good, I love a good military romance. I don't read them often, but like I'll get in like these moods. I'm very much a mood reader, but I'll get in these moods where I'm like, ah, just need me like a a navy seal or like a yeah. marine. And I exactly I literally read this book by accident. I'm not even joking. This one book, it's called, and it fucked me up, okay? <laughs> I never, I am never going to trust this author ever again. And I can't even remember what her name is, but it's called Fighting Absolution. Um, and I feel like if people have read, I don't, apparently it's not like a bigger thing. It's by like Kathy something. I have no idea. I'm going to Google it, but it is one of the- It's Kate McCarthy. Kate McCarthy. And it's called Fighting Absolution. And that shit fucked me up. I was looking for a little steamy, a little bit of angst, you know, like a little military vibe. That shit screwed me up. I was like, I was, I mean, it's a happily ever after, but I was like sobbing, like snotting. I was like, oh my God, oh, where yeah. can I find more of these though? <laughs> One another. Yeah. One. Those are the kind where you're like, oh, I hate you. Why are you making me cry so hard? But then at the same time, you're like, where's the next book? When's the next book? Yeah. Is there another one? Is this a series? Because I like mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I totally, I love that. I love that whole vibe. And I think that flawed characters are just, I don't know, I guess not more interesting, but I think, yeah, I'm going to go with more interesting. I think that flawed characters make books more interesting. And they're easier to relate to because like I said, nobody's perfect. Everybody has oh. some kind of an issue they're dealing with. So when you can identify with a character in a book who's not 
perfect or who's you know dealing with stuff it's it makes you feel a little bit better <laughs> exactly it makes me feel less like a lunatic <laughs> exactly <laughs> and we can all we can all use to feel less like a lunatic sometimes yeah especially men have that <laughs> <laughs> all right see you go next i also would like to say that i really wish more people would write security firm books i love them i think they're Get, when I get into them, I first started reading them when Harper Sloan released Corp Security like almost 10 years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that series has been out for a while, but I am still obsessed with those books and I wish more people would write in this trope. It mm. is a good trope. It's a solid trope. I like it. A lot it of right. Yeah, huh? it does get a lot of bragging. But it's like, yes, give me all of the ex-military men that could possibly kill me, but want to protect me, please. Exactly. <laughs> Like, it's like, I know you could kill me, but you won't. And that's what is, that's the good thing. <laughs> okay. So now her protector is book one and this is Alexandria and Connor's story. So what was your favorite part of writing their story? Because these two are really strong characters. Yeah. And because they're both such strong characters, my favorite part of writing this couple was the back and forth, the dialogue and the sort of, um, I mean, it's not quite enemies to lovers, but that sort of like snarky, sarcastic, like Catherine Hepburn, uh, Spencer Tracy type back and forth at repartee yeah. was mm -hmm. super fun to write. It was so much fun. I don't know about the people who've read my book so far, but I was laughing writing it. <laughs> I really enjoyed that part. Um, if I had to pick another one, this would be a close second. Um, Connor has a lot of different moods. Mm -hmm. He can be really kind of silly and goofy, but he can also be really serious. But I think the fa my favorite parts to write were when he's like kind of sulky and childish. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was really fun too. But for the most part, it was um, it was the dialogue between the two of them because they're both such like not going to give in, give as good as they get type people. Yep. And it was super fun to write. I love banter. Banter is what gets me through books sometimes. Like mm -hmm. I can, like, for example, like I can, I don't really ever DNF a book. I hate not finishing shit. It annoys the shit out of me. Um, so I can try, I can, you know, troop through a book if the banter and the dialogue is there, right? Like if the story's right. not that great and the characters are not, you know, clicking, it's like, oh, I'm not going to really like this one, but the banter's good. It, it helps me get through. I yeah. love banter. Absolutely. And it does it does a lot for character development too, because mm -hmm. in my personal life, if I meet somebody and I can banter back and forth and joke back and forth with them, I know that like, okay, you and I are going to be friends. Like exactly. it's definitely that is, integral. That is such a weird thing because that's like one of, it's the weirdest thing ever to admit out loud, but that is such a turn on for me as a person. Like if Okay, so like I have that humor, like that kind of dry humor where like you, you're like, oh, you're insulting me. And it's like, no, I'm joking with you. But right. like people who pick up on the dry humor and like hit me back with something insulting, I'm like, oh my God, so is this who you're proposing? It's a weird way to propose, but yes. <laughs> like, like, I love this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that's such That's such a good like thing. I like spot that. I'm like, yes. Somebody mm -hmm. who is going to give me you know, like this great banter. That's what I want in my life. And it's absolutely, it. I'm here for it. All right. So book two is her defender and this is Janie and Jackson. Also, I love Jay. I love when names are the same. Like I know that some, like some authors like, oh no names of the hero and heroine. I refuse to let them be the same. I fucking like it. Okay. I think <laughs> it's cute. So Janie had a really troubled childhood and she strongly believes that only the only person she can really rely on is herself, which I feel like a lot of people have can relate to because when you go through things like that, that is kind of the mentality that you develop. Um, mm -hmm. And so until Jackson comes along and he's like this super persistent, like my boy ain't giving up. So like, <laughs> was there anything about Janie's character that was harder to write over Jackson's character or vice versa? I think Janie's character was definitely um, harder to write for a couple of reasons. I think one of which was, um, you know, she struggles with uh, bulimia in the book and she yeah. has to kind of 
rebuild her self-image and her self-esteem um, starting at a pretty young age um, to try and, you know, combat this um, disease that she's dealing with and, and, and the cause behind it. And that personally for me, um, I've never suffered with anorexia or bulimia, but that whole idea of having to work on your self-esteem and learning to love yourself and your body the way that it is was very personal for me. Um, and as, as it is, I think for a lot of women uh, and men. Um, so that was definitely more, hit me more in the feels <laughs> while yeah. I was writing it. Um, I also think Janie's issues are um, a little bit more serious when it comes to, you know, her actual physical health and her day-to-day -day life and, and how she builds relationships. Um, you know, Jackson has a lot of uh, issues of his own that he's dealing with, but um, they're, they're a little bit easier for him to deal with in the day-to-day -day, and they might actually make him better at, um, you know, his job and his relationships because his main issue is this sense of overwhelming sense of responsibility that he puts on himself for um, the people that he cares about and their well-being and their welfare and their happiness. Um, yeah. And it's an issue, but it's, it's not, I think Jamie was, had a little bit rougher of a time of it. And uh, so that made her a little bit more difficult to write. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that, so, I mean, I've read like, all, all, I mean, like the amount of books I've read over my lifespan has been fucking ridiculous, but I've read a lot of books where like character has characters have mental health issues and bulimia and anorexia isn't one that I like read very often. And mm -hmm. I, I guess like, I, well, I guess it's just like, you know, like when you're growing up, it's kind of like that, you know, you're naive in the way that you're like, oh, the people around me don't suffer with this thing. So it must be like a rare thing to go through. Right. right? Mm -hmm. When you get older and you really, and TikTok has really helped me like open up that, you know, like the amount of people that really struggle with eating disorders is like, it blows, it's insane. I, I was like, oh my God, I had no idea there were so many people out here that suffer so much. Like, with their self-image that this is, you know, like what they're doing to themselves. Not to mention, there are some people who like, like food, certain food groups are like triggers. And I follow this one girl and this is what, this is what I needed to get to. I follow this one girl on TikTok and she's going through the process of uh, eating like her bad foods, like the foods that like made her, like she doesn't like, she doesn't eat, like eating them physically makes her sick because that she right. feels like she's gaining weight as she eats them. So she's going through this little thing where she picks a little out of the jar and it's like a new little thing. And mm -hmm. one of them was pickles. I was like, oh my God, honey. I was like, the fact that you have never really truly enjoyed a pickle makes me so sad. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something that um, that you see very often in, mm -hmm. you know, especially like in that. novels. Yeah. And um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to write about it. And, you know, I had to do a lot of research because like you said, it's not something that I experienced firsthand or knew anybody who experienced it. Yeah. Um, so I did, had to do a lot of research and, and make sure that I, uh, cause I wanted to get it right. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to, um, you know, I didn't want to accidentally construe it as something that it wasn't or, yeah. or make it seem, um, you know, unrealistic, but yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's really the, the amount of people who struggle with this is really surprising. I yeah, don't remember I the exact figures, it. but I was shocked. Oh yeah. I was shocked. I yeah. appreciate you putting it in here. And I'm sure that people who actually suffer from this appreciate it also, because like I said, I don't feel like it's something that people really talk about often. Right. And I think a lot of that comes, oh my God, I cannot get into this right now, but I'm going to say, I feel like a lot of that comes from the fact that like, um, so like people, women, women, I want to say women, especially, but definitely men have meat eating, eating disorders too. But I feel like for women, right. It's like, nobody recognizes an eating disorder. If you fall within a societal view, like how your body's supposed to look right. And a lot of women right. who have anorexia or bulimia, right. Obviously are very like thin, very, you know, skinny. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, your body looks how society tells you it's supposed to look. You don't have an eating disorder. And that's like, that's like making the eating disorder even worse. Right. You know? Yeah. So, or, or they, you know, nobody even recognizes it as, as a problem mm -hmm. until somebody gets to the point where they're basically just skin and bones or they have to be okay. hospitalized. You know, and like if you're not, yeah, you know, if you're not at the point where you're dying because you're starving to death, yeah, um, 
nobody really notices and nobody really considers it to be a huge issue because they're like, well, you look great. What's yeah, it's like, oh, you look skinny, you're fine. It's like, right. that's like skinny doesn't always equate healthy. Like I don't right. understand like what, and I feel like that is another like issue involved with like people. And I'm sure that people who read it that suffer from this was like, thank you. I feel very validated. So, I hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. But... All right, see you go before I find another like issue. To talk. <laughs> <laughs> her her um, brain shortage on topics. We go make five million left turns. I'll make connections. <laughs> like we'll be talking, and I'm like, oh my god, I gotta I gotta connect it back. It's it's just you should see the way I write my books. I do that too. My editor hates me. <laughs> so bad. All right, go. All right, so books, the third book in the series, which is Her Keeper, and this is Amanda and Parker's story. Now, these two come from very different backgrounds. So what surprised you most about them? Um, there's probably a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, um, you know, Amanda is the one who comes from the more affluent, more well-to-do, higher class sort of background. And Parker is the one who comes from, you know, very lower class, uh, grew up very poor. Um, and Amanda does not care at all about any of it. Yeah. And Parker cares a lot. He puts a lot of stock in, um, for a lot of different reasons, but he puts a lot of stock in the fact that he doesn't feel like he's good enough for her. Yeah. Um, and that's a major issue for him. Um, and Amanda just could not care less. She's like, what doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. Um, and her parents who Parker is adamant would not approve if they really knew who he was and where he came from, uh, really couldn't care less either. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, um, so that was kind of, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to handle that when I went into the book and it just kind of turned out that way and it fit and it felt right knowing what I knew about the characters that she wouldn't care about this. Her parents wouldn't yeah. care about this. Like, so he was kind of the only one who was hung up on it. Um, the other thing that really surprised me is how absolutely stupid Parker could be at times. <laughs> I love, he was one, <laughs> I love he was, it. He was one of those characters where like, I wanted to reach into the page and slap the crap out of him because I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're really being, you're being stupid right now. Please stop. And I remember very vividly when I was trying to um, resolve an issue towards the end of the book and I'm talking to my husband and I'm, I'm, you know, bouncing off ideas uh, and I'm like, this is what happens. This is the situation he's in. And this is what I think he's going to do. And my husband goes, is he an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. I thought you didn't, he goes, I thought you didn't like writing characters that were stupid. And I'm like, yeah, but it really kind of fits with where his head is at the moment. And yeah, I yeah. feel like this is really something that he would do. And even though I hate to write this because he's, it's infuriates me that he decides to, you know, take all this blame on himself to a ridiculous degree. Uh, I was like, I think this is how it has to go. I think yeah, this is yeah. something that he would make and I have to just deal with it. <laughs> I honestly love how... So I feel like it's a talent to be able to separate yourself from the characters you write because you want to make them diverse and different mm -hmm. that you get so we get so into it that we're like, I would never do this. Yet you're the <laughs> one writing it and you're like, but you would apparently it's like, no, 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 I wouldn't yeah. do it. They would do it. Yeah, yeah. Explaining that to people is like, so you suffer with schizophrenia is what you're telling me. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, it's been, it's kind of hard at times when I'm, when I'm talking to people about the book and they're like, well, why did you make them do them? Like, I don't listen. I don't make them do anything. I can't make them do anything. They, they do as they please. They are their own people, their own characters. They're fully formed, you know, by the time I get to a certain point in the book and I get, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. I'm just along for the ride. I'm just narrating. That's all. Pretty much. I'm literally just like a fly on the wall, just like, yep. and then yep. they did this. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, Lord, help me. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so like, what is next for you? Any more plans to add to this series or are you starting another, doing something different? What, what is, what is going to come from you? Well, I have book four is in the works and should be out um, early next year. Mm -hmm. it, 
title. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is going to be um, that is going to be Ian's story. Um, he was introduced in the first book. Uh, he's popped up quite a bit along the way. Um, and his love interest is, I think, maybe going to surprise a few people. Um, but yeah, that's that he's going to be in the next because of who she is or because of who they are because of who she is. Okay. All right. I mean, <laughs> when people I, did I tell you, should I drop the, I mean, it's pretty obvious from the first chapter, so it's not really a huge surprise, but, um, drop the bomb. all that from her defender from Janie's book, um, Janie has a younger sister named oh, McKenna. snap. So we're going to see McKenna again in book nice. four. So when authors say that my mind, <laughs> okay, listen, this is really bad, but I don't even care. So like when authors say like, oh, the love interest is going to surprise people. It's like, is it because it's going to be like of the same gender? Is that what you're telling me? Like, am I going to get a male, male romance? <laughs> I um, that's not, that's not book four, but oh. that might be coming. That might be coming. I love it. Tea, give it to me. I'm not Wait. sure if it's going to be a full novel or a novella or if I'm going to work it into book five, which I have planned. Um, but that's going to be coming. You're going to see, you're going to yes. see Sam's story too, because we can't leave out Sam. I love, I love it. As I'm the like, sign me up. As the, as the LGBTQ representative on the podcast, I love it. So yep. yeah, 100%. I, but yeah, anytime authors say that, I'm like, it's a, it's going to be a girl, isn't it? Like, if it's like, oh, like her love interest is going to shock you. It's a girl, isn't it? I'm here for, it's not going to shock me because I'm ready for it. Like, <laughs> please. <laughs> so I am sure that's super awesome. And congratulations. And we're super excited to see what you, what comes out. And I'm excited for this male, male thing. Sign me up. Any of those, all of them. <laughs> maybe I'll turn it into, maybe I'll make it a novel just for you. Maybe I'll make oh. a full novel just for you. Oh my God, I love those. Listen, 10 out of 10. Okay. I don't know if you read male, male, if it's like a thing. Like, I get, okay. So I, I say that. I just like LGBTQ romances in general. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm like just targeting male, male. I read female, female romances. I love them. I read any type of LGBTQ, anything, transgender, pansexual, doesn't matter. I'll read it and I'll love it. But there's a series by Ella Frank and Brooke Blaine. I think it's, yeah, Ella Frank and Brooke Blaine. And it is like the Fallen series and it's about, a rock star and this new drummer that is in the band and oh my god it's magical okay i'm gonna have to find that that might it's be my trilogy, next reading but they read so fast that you don't even think you're reading three books so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna show my true nerd colors right now okay but there is a um a japanese manga and <gasps> anime series. don't even don't even say that right now don't even okay what is it given yeah given what is it? given no, you read it? Read it yet. Okay. No. It's oh about God. it's about two boys who meet in high school oh God, and they join um well one of them is already in a band. Okay. With two older guys who are in college and the he meets uh um he meets a boy who's just sitting alone with a guitar with a broken string Ooh. and he can't stand it. So he goes and he fixes the boy's string and the guy and the, and, and he freaks out and he's like, will you please teach me how to play guitar? And so they all end up all four of them in a band together and it's fantastic and you would love it. And you should. Check it out. Uh, I'm ordering the first one on Amazon right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't even... There's a, there's an anime show too. It's on Crunchyroll. You should check it out. Is it on Funimation? I have Funimation. Is it on Funimation too? Oh, it might be. I'll have to check it out because but listen, cr Crunchyroll is free. It has ads, but it's free. So you should check okay. it out. I might do it. Listen, I'm so, don't even say like total nerd because like, I'm total. You have no idea. We'll talk about this after. We'll talk about this after. I love, my, I love it. Okay. 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 And moving forward. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if the series were to be turned into a movie or a TV show, who would you cast as the lead roles? Oh, um, so I'm not really sure for, for, um, the female leads, but I can definitely give you some names for the male leads. Oh, yeah. Um, so Connor has to be, Nick, Connor has to be Nick Bateman, has oh. to be Nick Bateman. The whole time I was writing the series, Nick Bateman's oh! flat, uh, face was like flashing in my head the entire time. He's so hot. 
so hot. so yeah and you know what again super nerd moment but he did like a short film about one of the x-men characters gambit and yep. i've been in love with him ever since the fact okay never mind that's another thing <laughs> i need to get into gambit was gonna have a movie and they canceled it and he was gonna be no and he was gonna be played by tyler quiche and i was like ah, why why is it not happening i because i love tyler because he played i can't remember what x-men it is but he does have like a cameo where he is gambit and yes the x-men and they were gonna do a movie for him and i was like when is it coming and they canceled it Mm -hmm. and then there was supposed to be like a channing tatum movie with gambit movie and uh i didn't know gambit's never gonna get his own movie why why i like him and his cards uh He's my favorite, and I'm never going to get a movie, and it's depressing. His but yes, is- Nick Bateman. Um, for Jackson, it would definitely be Jason Momoa. Oh, Aquaman. I'd have yes, it has to be. In fact, in the first book, the first time Alexandra meets him when he's on her details, she's like, who is this in front of me? Like, he's absolutely gorgeous. And I think she actually, like, refers to him as looking like Jason Momoa, and that's exactly who I picture. I love that. Um, Parker would be more like Chris Hemsworth type, like blonde, scruffy, kind of longer hair, gorgeous. Of course, they're all gorgeous. They have to be. The Hemsworths are all stunning. (laughs) The genetic lottery. Yeah. And Ian, who is in book four, is uh, I'm thinking Henry Cavill would do a good job. Oh, but which one? Which one? Because MJ. Now wait. Superman, Henry Cavill, or The Witcher, Henry Cavill. Uh, definitely more Witcher because Ian is very, (laughs) Ian is very kind of like, he's very large and tall and intimidating. And he's kind of got like those chiseled features and that like chilly glare that makes him seem like completely unapproachable. And that's, uh, yeah, I think Henry Cavill could pull that off. Mm. I love Henry Cavill. Like, like, I don't hate him in superman but i don't like him in superman that much but the the, and not even like a baby i don't know what it is it's weird for me i just don't like him in in superman but i think it's like an error of the witcher like even when he's not playing the witcher like if you like when he's out of character and like how he looks day to day it's just like a whole different breed of henry cavill I would yeah he's tomorrow. aged like a fine wine like the older he gets the better he the so better hot. he looks he had a photo yeah. shoot with kiss. Like, he had a photo shoot with like hollywood a uh, reporter or something like that oh my god he's in like a brown leather jacket and he's got like his hair like curly in the front and i'm like oh my god i would have your babies tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm. and i'm also counting down because season shout out season two of the witcher comes out december 17th i'm waiting patiently to binge it so mm-hmm. that's my jam all right so we're gonna shift gears and move to writing questions which is my section so are you a plotter or pantser or somewhere in between the word we like to call a planter? um i'm definitely more towards the pantser side um okay. if i ever do if i ever do any planning it is very very vague and probably incomprehensible to anybody who isn't me um so it's it's as little sometimes as some thoughts scribbled on a notepad or something like that um at most it's a very very loose outline so I'm I'm more of a pantser I just kind of sit down and let the characters do whatever they're going to do and write it down as it happens in my head (laughs) I wish my my control issues could never never (laughs) oh my god I very much so let my characters do their thing with like dialogue and in the chapters and their mannerisms and how they move and that kind of thing but when it comes to like freaking like plot that shit I my control issues I gotta have a direction I gotta I gotta ha- I have to go somewhere if I'm just winging it oh my god I'll never finish I mean book. I have like I have a loose idea in my head before I start writing the book like what what the main issue is going to be and you know that sort of thing and yeah um but yeah, no, I mostly just kind of sit down and, and, and write it. And of course, that means that editing is an absolute nightmare for me. 
because I don't remember anything from the previous books and I have to go back and look through the previous books and go okay what was that guy's middle name and what eye color did he have and did they go there in December or was it January like my editor is the MVP because she knows how forgetful I am and she when I started this when I start like new series at the beginning she has a doc like a master list of little like things that I've listed. Like, okay, they stay in this room. This is where their dorm is. This is what color eyes everybody has. <laughs> like she lets me know everything and keeps it and just adds to the series. So I don't have to like go back fucking hunting for it. Cause I'm like, shit, did I like, what is his middle name? Again? Like, just like you, like, what is his middle name again? Yeah. I don't remember any of that. I finally <laughs> learned when I started the fourth book I went back and I looked at, I looked up every single reference to Ian and I made notes about every single thing that I wrote I about it. him thus far so that I wouldn't forget anything and I could do it while I was writing instead of referencing it and trying, you know, trying to look it up while I was editing. But yeah, it took me to book four to figure out to do that in advance. I feel you. So do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like when you sit down to write, do you have to like be eating Twizzlers or like wearing a certain pair of socks or something of that nature? Uh, music. I have to have music playing when I'm writing. Yep. I can't write in a quiet room or with background noise or anything like I have to have, I have to have music. And it actually, it's funny because um, I, I almost end up with like a theme song for each book that I usually end up listening to on repeat, like through certain scenes that I'm like, all right, I really have to stay in the zone. I have to stay in the, you know, this particular um, uh, feeling or this particular mindset. And um, oh. so music really helps with that. So yeah, that's why my Spotify playlist, like my Spotify wrap up is so ridiculous. It's like, you listen to this one track 181 times. It's like, oh yeah. God. I yeah. think you found your writing twin. <laughs> For real though. <laughs> you and I are going to be best friends by the end of this. Listen, is what I think. We're already Look, I PA for her and I already know how she is when it comes to writing and her songs. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's I, okay. Um, for her it's defender... Fine that's that song that came out um she first posted like the the version on tiktok and then like a week later it was on spotify oh god what was her name is it nessa barrett no um the song uh maybe i'm not pretty oh let me look it up oh it's like right on the tip of my tongue by jesse yes maybe i'm that's just fun one. okay yes i'm gonna have to that became it. That became the theme song for her defender for Jamie. And I listened to that song thousands of times, I'm sure, probably. While I was I'll writing. have to listen to it because um, I love, it's I a love great the music. Song. It's a fantastic song. The message is great. It's, it's fun. It's fantastic. So I'm here for it. Um, All right. So what do you like to do when you're not writing? Oh, this is a tough one. <laughs> it's a loaded question for me. Um, Sleeping. So, well, I have, um, I have ADD, so I have about a bazillion hobbies and oh, they yeah. rotate, um, on no specific schedule at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, I like to read, obviously. Yeah. Um, I also draw, I paint, um, I'm currently trying to teach myself how to play guitar. It's around here somewhere. <laughs> um, I'm trying to refresh my Japanese and I want to learn another language but <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved languages I took four years of French I took a year of Greek and a year of Japanese in college and I remember next to nothing and it's kind of a bummer um so I'm working on that but I I have so many hobbies that honestly I I don't have nearly enough time for all of them See, language would not work for me because it takes time to learn a new language, right? But the mm. way that my ADHD works is I like to hyper fixate on things. So if yeah. I can't learn something within like the three first three days of me binge hyper fixating on it, I'll be done with it. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't mm -hmm. care. So yeah. there, are, there are a million like projects I've started. It's like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And it's like, yeah, I started that and never finish it. <laughs> Yeah, I have so many half crocheted blankets or half painted paintings or, you know, I just, I have equipment for any possible hobby you would want to pursue in my house somewhere. 
And that's the beauty of writing. I feel like that's why I feel like I was destined, just getting destined a weird word. That's why I feel like writing has always been something that I have, that I should have always done and will continue to always do because it's the only thing that I've ever been able to start and finish completely. Uh, Mm -hmm. like hobby or any like type of like passion wise that's always been it like it's the only thing that I've consecutively been able to start it and then finish a book and start it and finish a book and I and that just gives me so much of a reward it's like I am fighting the ADHD yeah yeah I'm the same thing writing is the only thing that I've ever consistently enjoyed doing like it's not something that I mean, yeah, I've gone through periods where I, I didn't have time or I didn't have a particular story idea in mind and I didn't write, but, um, you know, it's something that has always been, it's always been something that's been fun for me and something that I could pick up and do and, and, you know, my entire life. So it's the only mm-hmm. hobby I've never really dropped for any significant amount of time. <laughs> Story of my life. Story mm-hmm. of my life. So I'm dating uh, what my hobby is and I haven't dropped it in the oh last Oh my months. God. Do you know what diamond paintings are? No, yes. Literally the first one sitting here. She's <laughs> an excessive diamond painter. I she'll send me ones that are like the length of like tables. I, I, yeah, I literally just did a hundred by forty centimeter one. Wow, those seem it like took me three and a half weeks. <laughs> now, are those like super stressful or are they super relaxing? Because I figure they've got to be either one or the other. I would say that it depends on who it's who's doing them because for me, it it calms my anxiety a lot. So if I am really anxious about something, I literally pull it out and I will, I will literally hyperfixate on it for a while. Dude. And she has like a setup and everything. She's got boxes that are color coordinated and like different. It, it's a legit system she's got. Look, I have it's a, insane. I, I had finished ones. Yeah. She just, it's <laughs> insane. I need her to do me a Harry Styles one so bad. All right. So um, what is the weirdest thing that you've ever had to Google for a book? Um, you know, I feel like there's something, but I can't remember it at the moment. Um, I haven't, I don't think there's been anything too weird. I had to look up a lot of military terminology. Yeah. Um, I think for, for her defender for the second book, I had to look up the pay scale, um, for enlisted Marines. That was kind of a weird thing to look up, but I had to do that um the next day a marine recruiter shows up at your door saw you were googling <laughs> about us pal it's just like jesus um but yeah no i haven't there haven't been really too many too many weird things that i've had to look up i had to look up a lot of uh maps of new york city um because yeah. i've been there a bunch of times i love the city but you know i don't have the whole thing memorized by heart <laughs> i had to look up of uh, um in the first book there's a reference to a bar and like the specific location of it is like kind of like between Chinatown and Soho or something like that I had to look that up and just stuff weird stuff like that like restaurants and and street numbers or names or you know whether something's uptown or downtown but nothing when MJ looks up (laughs) what did you say then what you look up I mean the CIA is coming for you we write two different genres. That's why. Um, well, not really genres, but two different tropes, specific, like specifics. Um, I've so had you- to. Um, I have had to look up some some state some statutes, some legal statutes. Okay. That yeah. might come across as a little bit strange if somebody saw my history, like you Sorry. know, kidnapping and. <laughs> I googled how long would it take for like a pig to eat an entire human body oh yeah that, yeah 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 i needed a time frame <laughs> it's a dark I needed, romance vibe <laughs> i needed a time frame i didn't even put the pick part in there because i was like i feel like it's gonna take too long and i needed it to be in a short span so we're going I think with the action. question for i think the question is how many pigs though well see, yeah that was another thing and then there were too many variables you know and it was like a scientific <laughs> a project that i was gonna have to do myself apparently and i don't so feel like yeah, because obviously more pigs would eat a human, you know, would eat yeah, yeah. a lot faster. Exactly. And it's like, is the body cut up? And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to do some acid and we're going to not literally do acid like LSD. We're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to do acid in a vat. We're going to melt him down and we're going to put him in a drain and that'll be that. There so, you go. Much fewer variables. 
Yeah, I know. Not as many variables and you can always count on chemical reactions to get the job done. <laughs> there you go. It's like, what if the pigs got full? That was another thing I was thinking about. I was like, what if they got full and stopped eating halfway through? Like, what do you do with the body? You just leave it there? Yeah. Um, too many. I can't rely on the animals. All right. So that mm -hmm. is my last writing question. It is now Stevie's turn to do reading questions. I'm going to pop off here real quick because I have to go grab something, right? Okay, so what book has your favorite cover? Now, this can be any of yours or any one that you've read. Oh, um, that's, again, that's a tough one. Um, I, for my own, I would have to say Her Keeper, which is the third book, even though, unfortunately, that cover got me TikTok banned, like, twice. <laughs> Story but of Edward's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, strategically placed text boxes the next time I posted it. Um, that's my favorite one so far, my books. Um, but oddly enough, I, I tend to prefer more like stylized covers when I'm looking for books to read, like um, Deborah Harkness's series. Um, what was it? Uh, oh, oh, The Book of Life for the book of life and um that oh, yeah. Thing. yeah yeah so like those more like kind of stylized covers always tend to grab my eye um so things like that but it's um it definitely depends on the genre because you know you tell you can tell a lot by what genre the book is by the you know by the the cover and what it looks like you know I you know if you see know. half a couple on the cover then it's going to be a good book probably <laughs> I want to know what people got to put on covers to read, like, to give off the vibe of toxic romance. Because, you know, like, the like, okay, there's a vibe, right? That I, I love those, okay, mind you. There's, like, I don't know if you know who K.V. Rose is. Do you know who she is? Mm -hmm. Okay, so K.V. Rose, uh, C.M. Radcliffe, their covers just radiate toxic romance and i'm like yeah i'll buy that immediately well, like immediately. the data vipers like that kind of cover oh it's on my shelf it's yeah like, like that oh. cover definitely says toxic toxic romance i want that romance. immediately please yeah. god yeah i just love it it's bad it's like i never want it in my real life but i definitely in my fictional head i want it <laughs> it's fun to read about for sure yeah absolutely so what attracts you to a book the cover the blur a recommendation from someone or a title um I think at one point or another I've probably chosen a book based on any or all of those things but definitely um the cover is the is the first thing that grabs my attention if I'm um you know if I'm out at a book if I'm at Barnes and Noble or I'm at another bookstore or, or you know what a thrift store or a used yeah. bookstore anywhere else and I see a cover that really grabs my attention, then I'll pick the book up and I'll read the blurb. And if the blurb sounds good, then I'll, you know, um, then I'll look more into it. But definitely the cover grabs my attention first. Um, but I have read based on any one of those things. I'm, I'm a book hoarder. So, so anything, you know, anything and everything that catches my attention for any reason at all usually ends up either on my e-reader or on my bookshelf so I have a book Thanks. about the anatomy of like the human body okay and I did take anatomy in college but it's like a it's not a course it's like just a random book on like the human body on anatomy mm -hmm. that I saw and the cover's really cool and I was like yeah I might need this so I bought it <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, I've definitely done that I've definitely done that I bought books on like uh you know Norse mythology or medieval <gasps> European oh God, history oh <laughs> I have I have like a whole shelf. There's a shelf like over here. It's in the corner. It's behind this little thing over here. But this whole mm -hmm. little area right here is all kinds of mythology. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, and I'll, I'll pick something up and if the cover looks really cool and I'm like, oh yeah, I want, yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy this. I'll take this one. So this will look good on my shelf. For real. <laughs> I can vouch for how many books I have on my Kindle. It's God. She has like a thousand books on her Kindle, just on her Kindle. Oh my gosh. It's and I literally had to buy new bookshelves the other day because I was running out of space. <laughs> yeah, I actually built two custom book, uh, bookshelves when I redid my upstairs because I was like, we don't have nearly enough bookshelves. And I, they're literally they're six feet tall and like four or five feet wide. 
story of my life. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, we need more bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> so who are your, some of your favorite authors to read? Um, Jane Austen is by far my favorite author. Um, and again, I think that's because of the, the back and forth and the repartee and that sort of thing. Um, she's just the master of that. And I love her books. Um, I love, uh, Cody Gary's books. I love Marie Hart's books. Um, Sylvia Day is great. Um, I'm cheating. I'm looking at my, <laughs> my bookshelf right here. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Claypaws for um, like historical romance and things like that. J.R. Ward. <gasps> yes. You she she has just found her new best friend for life. Oh, J.R. Ward, fantastic. That Black Dagger Brotherhood series has oh. a chokehold on my life. <laughs> yeah, chokehold. I love those books. Yeah, I so I picked up the first funny story. I found the first book on uh, my library app and I read it just like, was like, I'll try this one. It was like a recommended for you type thing. And I read the entire, I don't even know how many on my e-reader and, uh, or on the library app. And then when I ran out, I was like, huh, what? (laughs) I went out like the next day and I was like, I need the next book right now. Oh yeah. Right now. that's the type of reading I do when I'm reading a series and I run out of the series or I can't find the next book. It's like, I can't stop until I find it. And I've read it. <laughs> Story so of my like, life. Zadis mm-hmm. and Wrath are the reason that I love toxic men. <laughs> I love- <laughs> they are the reason. Wrath is actually, so we have a question coming up and I'll explain it more in detail. But Wrath is like my husband and Zadis is like my baby daddy. Like I love mm. both of them so much. <laughs> yeah. Ian may or may not have started out loosely based on Zadists. Ah! Oh my Maybe. god! Oh my god! Dies on the inside. It dies on the inside. Like not- you know, tall, quiet, doesn't talk a lot, kind of broody. Like Listen, you know, Zadis looks like he could seriously you know, you. fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is the definition of a torture hero. Period. Like yeah. he is the he is the fuck. What is the the original blueprint? for a tortured hero i love oh definitely. definitely i also saw you were a sarah j mass fan in your bio yes now i have a very yeah. serious question for you right now oh god here we go <laughs> okay throne of glass series tog or akatar oh gosh <laughs> um I, I gotta go. The, I gotta go with the wingspan. I gotta go with Akatar. No, you're going with Akatar. <laughs> Damn. Oh, okay. Listen. No I mean, more. if we're talking about like a a a beautifully crafted world building experience, um, you know, Throne of Glass would probably win. For the books that I enjoyed the most and that were yeah. like, you know gave me the best book boyfriends then I have to go with Akatar. yeah I mean I mean it's hard to beat it's hard to beat Azriel is like baby daddy I love him oh so much. god yes so yeah. I mean I totally agree I'm not a huge Reese I'm not a huge Reese fan or Rice or however you guys say it I don't care I call him Reese I'm not a huge Reese fan like I like him for Feyre but I wasn't like oh god I love him I was definitely team Azriel from the moment I met him um, oh yeah Definitely. But Tog has like this you. hold on my heart forever because Rowan Whitethorn is oh. like, he is the love of my life. Also, I saw this TikTok and you'll understand it. You'll be the only person on here that I've mentioned it to that will understand it. And it was like, when you start a Sarah J Mass book and you fall in love with the first hero that's introduced. No. <laughs> yeah. It's never the first one. It's never, never the, the first, first one. one. Because I'll, or it's not even the second one sometimes. Never. No, because I started out with Tog and Sam fucked me up. I was like, Ooh, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh no. And then we had Cal or Chow or however you say his name. Cole. I'm not sure. I say Cole. Cole. Cole, whatever his name is. Yeah. That happened. And then we met, maybe we met, we met Rowan. And I was like, this motherfucker is in game, bitches. This is the man. And yeah. And I remember thinking quiet. like, if any, if she fucks this one up, I'm done. I am going to be so pissed. I was like, I will write. Like, I'm not finishing the series if he goes away. If he gets, you know, I'm like, no, I'm oh, done. Yeah. I'm done. No, thank you. But yeah, I yeah. love it. And I think the fact that she's able to kill off so many love interests, but still continue to keep you 
uh, engaged and want to continue reading, I think is just like an account, like a testament to her ability, her storytelling ability. Yeah. So, and I mean, let's face it, who, by the time you get to the end of that series, you definitely want like Manon to end up with. <laughs> with oh my God. Dorian. If you just end up with Dorian, I'm going to lose my shit. They, I know. Oh my God. I love them. She like yeah. came out of like this. Oh my, I can't, I can't, we can't get into this right now, but I love him. I love them. Ship that hard. Ship that hard. Mm-hmm. Also, if Azrael doesn't end up with Gwen and he ends up with Lane, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to be, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry if you're in a Lane and Azrael shipper, but I cannot. I will riot. I will riot. Anyways. Okay. So we're going to move to the last section of the podcast, which is trope questions. Um, so what is your favorite trope to write and why? So my favorite trope is definitely enemies to lovers. Mm. Definitely. Um, And again, it's because of that whole back and forth. I love to see two really strong characters just kind of like hit head on like a car crash. (laughs) And then, and then, you know, kind of pick up the pieces of the wreckage and build something out of it. Beautiful. I mean, we went from, I hope, you know, like you, I wish you would have died to, to whatever end, Fireheart. Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> exactly, exactly. We so that. far, we yeah. went so far in different directions, but it's fine. I think the only one, and I mean, okay, so I people say that Feyre and Reese were enemies to lovers, but I don't think that they were. Like, I don't think that they ever, like, I knew that they had like a little bit of like tension, but I don't think I, they, I ever got enemies to lovers from them ever. I always was like, yeah, you two bitches are together. You well, I think the thing together. is that reese was never an enemy she yeah. might have she might have been like she might have felt like he was but he never yeah. really i because he from the very beginning he knew he was like that is my girl he, like, yeah oh. exactly so it was yeah. it can't be a true enemies to lovers because he wasn't ever he never considered her as an enemy he no. knew from the beginning so and i think that's the same thing with cassian and nesta like nesta saw cassian as like a threat yeah. to her but cassian never felt that way about her he was always like team her even when she yeah. was a bitch and i was like yep. she's the one yep. i'm i love yeah. them all okay anyways sorry stevie take the next one <laughs> <laughs> so what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why um i definitely want to do something with the uh friends to lovers the opposite oh. Uh, because as much as I love enemies to lovers, you know, there's so much potential for all of those like cute little romantic gestures when you have a couple that's known each other for a really long time or they've been friends and they share a history. Um, it's just, there's just so much potential to play with that there and and to tie things. I love to, to tie mm-hmm. things in and to tie things together and yeah. um so it's great when you can you know show little bits of like oh this is what happened in the past and then have one of them bring it up in the you know in the in the current story or oh, yeah. turn it into something romantic and sweet and it's just there's something wholesome about that whole like yeah. childhood romance high school sweetheart it's type a vibe. vibe that i want to do i want to do that someday I honestly i had this com- we had this conversation on the podcast a few weeks ago where i was like friends to lovers is arguably like up there with my enemies to lovers like favorite trope right but friends to lovers is such a hard sell for me like there are not like I love friends to lovers but there are not enough like a lot of books that I would say that I like oh I love those books that are friends to lovers because it's hard for me because I'm always I always end up hating one of them and it's like because Mm -hmm. you know like the conflict right I enjoy the books where it's like okay friends okay and then you kind of like something outside of them takes them apart Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then they come back to each other even if they're angry whatever right but it's like when one of them does something to hurt the other one i'm like you fucker you fucker yeah like i I will never forgive you i don't care what you do they need forgive you but i won't yeah exactly exactly so i like those it's a hard sell for me but it's like there's one of my favorite tropes so i really like them all right Mm. so what is one trope you will never write and why um I'm not anything that hits too close to home, shall we say, is not anything I would put on right. So like the stepbrother, stepsister, step sibling type <laughs> trope. Yeah. I, I mean I'm not, you know, I don't hate it, 
but yeah. it's not really something I enjoy reading. It's probably something I would never write. It's just kind of weird and strange for me. Listen, I can't even front that I read the shit out of those. <laughs> <laughs> and no judgment, no judgment whatsoever. Um, um, it's just not something that interests well, I mean, me. Yeah, everybody has their, you know, their thing. You know, I don't yuck nobody's yum. Okay, and for me, I just so happen to enjoy. Now, granted, the ones, and I talked to Stevie about this on the last part. We had this conversation because I was defending this. <laughs> I don't like when it's it's like I don't like super taboo. Like the really one, like they were their blood related. That's a little yeah. Too, like, that's too far for me. And mm-hmm. I say in a lot, cause I read a lot, but um, that's too far. But I think it's like, and if they grow up together, like if the step siblings like have been in the yeah. same household for years, they've grown up together. I'm like, uh, now that really is kind of your brother. But now yeah. if they're older and mom and dad got married and you know, you know, we moved in together. I'm like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. Or if they're like, or if it's like, oh, these are my grown up children. This is my 20 something year old. You know, that's yeah. all right. I would probably read that. But like, there's something about like if they're young enough to still be living, like to be living in the same house together, yeah. something about that just kind of like, I don't know, does something weird to me. Maybe it's, it. maybe it's because I, I have like half siblings and I've had step siblings and it's just like, it's something that just, to me, it strikes me as like, nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. But at the same time, I still read the shit out of them. I love them. I don't yeah. even care. I don't even Go care. For it. It's fine. You do you. You do you. It's not boo. even the worst one I read either. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right, Stevie, you can ask the last question. All right. So, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? um I would want enemies to love her oh yeah I sound like a broken record but I have always wanted to be Catherine Hepburn I've always wanted to be in one of those like classic Hollywood like where they're fighting and talking 90 miles an hour and like you know everything's kind of happens in a rush and like the kind of sparks flying type situation I that's that's always been my that's always been my thing it's always been my my biggest thing stevie's is billionaire which i thought was genius because yeah, actually yeah can i change my answer <laughs> <laughs> and here's my here's my thought on this is that if i pick a billionaire he can literally have he could be my enemy still lover like it could all start out that way but he could also be that's a rock so star and money can buy me happiness and it can buy me a lot of books <laughs> that's very true yeah yeah there's a science behind this yeah and there's nothing that says you can't have an enemies to lovers romance with a billionaire so exactly yeah we'll see i'm gonna get the best of both worlds because i won't reverse harem so i'll just (laughs) Mm. yeah that's a good one one. in your harem because it makes more sense Oh, I definitely will tell her my harem after I explain that I, so like with the ADHD thing, I have like multiple personalities uh, almost where it's like, I wouldn't want to say multiple personalities, but it's like, I have different vibes for like different moods, you know, like I very much am like dark and moody most of the time, Mm -hmm. but I also have like an outgoing, uh, like sporty side and a competitive side. And then I have like a emo goth side and it's like, (laughs) I need multiple men to fit this, this. Yeah. Yeah. So my harem is five men because that feels like enough uh it's rowan from throne of glass because competitively we match each other so well like game night with us we are fucking everybody up period (laughs) okay like there's no beating us in charades um and then daddy zeus from welcome to the dark side by gianna darling because he just he's and he like he fits my like rebel outgoing soul i love him wrath from dark love from uh dark lover uh because i feel like he would be so cons- he would he would not even be bothered with like human shit all he would be worried about was me so <laughs> that's all that matters um and then it is simon blackwell from medicine man by saffron kent he's a psychiatrist and i think that we all would need that at some point you yeah. know yeah. so and I, I need some structure in my life and he would keep me in line and someone then, to take care of you make sure you eat your meals and drink your water exactly that's him mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. know what to do in the bedroom and then yeah. damon torrance from kill switch by penelope douglas those that's my harem those are my those are those are it and he's there because he's just like too hot not to be there 
So there's MJ's harem and why she's decided to select us. However, that is our last question. This has been so fun and we want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Uh, we are going to give you a few minutes to talk about uh, if you have a book coming out soon or a sale or cover reveal or anything like that. Let our listeners know where to find you. The floor is yours. Well, I do have book four coming out. Like I said, hopefully the beginning of next year. So early January. Um, I do have a website. I have a TikTok. I have an Instagram. And those are all like at Rihanna Campbell. Um, Facebook page as well. So you can find me at any of those. Um, And yeah, I'm looking forward to book four and book five and maybe getting you your MM novel that you're waiting waiting for. And um, I actually am hoping to launch another series um, based on some of the characters you're going to meet in book four. So stay tuned for that. Exciting, exciting. We love a good spinoff. All right. So once again, thank you for joining us and we hope to chat with you again soon. Thank you so much.